Hey guys, welcome to the number 197 ever episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. I am Chase Coburn, and today we are back with another episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. Today I'm going to give my Washington Wizards season predictions for the 2022-23 season, as well as break down the roster overall as we are just two days away from the Wizards opening night game against the Pacers in Indiana. Hope you guys do enjoy this episode. Do subscribe, follow, share, view. We're going to break down a lot, you know, how the Wizards could break out, what I'll probably project them to do, and what um, Bradley Beal and others are going to have to do to really take this team to the next level, especially come postseason time. Again, hope you guys enjoy this episode. Do subscribe, follow, share, view. Sorry I have not posted as much recently, but, you know, middle school, I've had to put more time into middle school than I have elementary school. So, of course, that's that's obviously, you know, uh, I've had to put more time into that, so less time for Wiz Talk. I've also been trying to focus on Chasey Sports News, um, cool, sports news like, cool sports news that are a lot. Um, we have a cool article about the Toronto Raptors coming out before they do play on Wednesday as well. Uh, fun fact, the Wizards actually did play the Toronto Raptors last year on opening night in Toronto on October 20th, and the Wizards got a double-digit point win. Will they do the same against Indiana? We'll have to see, but let's predict the season overall. Again, hope you guys do enjoy. Subscribe, follow, share, view. And, of course, as always, let's get into this. Hey, guys, welcome to another episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. I am Chase Coburn. So there is a lot to break down when you look at this Washington Wizards team. I'm going to give my awards, how likely um, those players, for, I'm just thinking Wizards awards, but how likely are those guys who will win the Wizard award to actually win the national award? You'll understand uh, when I say it. I'm going to predict their, point lead, their, their stat leaders in points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game, steals, blocks, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, free throw percentage, and PER. I'm not going to go into the advanced true shooting percentage and, um, you know, um, per, per 36 per 100 possession stuff. Just going to really focus on the basic and then PER, of course, which is one of my favorite stats out there. Um, but yeah, let's just get into this immediately. I think the Wizards MVP is going to be Bradley Beal. Nothing is new there. Um, Beal's easily the most valuable player on this team. He wouldn't be paid over a quarter of a billion dollars on a contract which is the second most in NBA history, if he wasn't the most valuable player on this team. Now, he I don't think he's a top 15 guy in the NBA or anything like that. But and even though he had a down, I mean, last year he did have a down year. I, 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 can't, I can't sit here and say, even though Beal's my favorite player, I can't sit here and say that he didn't have a down year last year. I, I, I simply can't. I'm sorry. You know, 23 points. You know, that was his lowest since 2018 where he made his first All-Star game. Not the best shot, 30% from three, a career low um, on on like one, less attempts too, is least attempts per game since 2016. You know, less attempts probably means more efficient, uh, probably means though he'll be more efficient. Wrong. So 
you know, he ha- he didn't play like the 30, 31 point per game score that he was playing at. And I think it actually did take a toll on the Wizards offense. However, you saw guys like Spencer Dimity getting a huge role in the offense. Guys like Montres Harrell at the time getting a huge role in the offense. Guys like Kyle Kuzma were getting a huge role in the offense. And I think Beal was distributing the ball more. At least it felt like it, even though, and, and, and it did show in the stat sheet, he averaged 6.6 assists after just 4.4 in 2021. But another argument you could say to that is, well, he didn't have Russell Westbrook on the team. So, of course, his assists had to go up. Right? So, it all comes down to Bradley Beal. He's the most valuable player on this team. And everything is going to come down to him. Porzingis' success is going to come down to him. Um, the breakout guys like Avdia, Kish, Brachimor, the guys that have potential, it's all going to come down to Beal. Where this team goes is going to come down to Beal. If Beal plays how, like how he did last year, we'll be sitting at the same spot, except with one less year on Brad's contract as he continues to make more and more money year after year with different guys and extensions and different ages, but they have around the same record. But if Beal really becomes that leader and that MVP in real life, I think the Wizards could be a top five seed in the conference. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. And that's in a very competitive conference. I think it really all comes down to Bradley Beal. And when I mean good, Beal doesn't have to be a 30-point-per-game scorer. The Wizards with the A seed have not missed the playoffs when he did that. I think he just needs to be a leader and make everyone around him better for him to really be the most valuable player in real life. I give him a 2.2% chance of being the MVP in real life. The Defensive Player of the Year, I'm going with Daniel Gafford. I only give him a 0.4% chance of winning. Uh, I was between him and Denny Avdia, but I think while Denny Avdia has more potential to be a Defensive Player of the Year one day, I think right now Daniel Gafford's the better defender. Now, the only thing is he's not starting. How much will that affect it? Um, but I do think he could get, you know, like one, you know, probably at least a block a game, I think. I'm really high on Daniel Gafford, but I think the lack of time and, you know, just lack of risk, I can't put him at a high percentage, only 0.4% chance. Rookie of the Year, I have to say Johnny Davis now um, for the Wizards because you know Yannick Gonzalez is not going to play and then there's not 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 going to play that much. I think he's in the G League and then there's not that much competition. Otherwise, um, Johnny Davis, of course, could be the Rookie of the Year for the Wizards. I only give him a one point one percent chance of winning the award in real life. I just think it's really going to be hard, you know, between Paolo Banchero, Jabari Smith, Jaden Ivey, Keegan Murray, kind of those top candidates. I think it's going to be really hard for Johnny Davis to get that spot. Um, I do think he's going to kind of be like Corey Kisper. I do think he's going to, you know, have a small role and, you know, kind of lead his way back up, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I, th- I think he's just going to, you know, going to start off small, kind of get bigger. I think by the end of the season, if he really does perform, he could be that other guy in the backfield, next, I mean, in the backcourt um, next to uh, Bradley Beal, kind of be that, you know, one of those primary ball handlers. But, you know, he didn't play that well in the summer league. It's just a lot of risk picking him to win rookie of the year. But, of course, for the Wizards, he's really the only rookie. Most improved, I have Denny Avdia. I think he will win the most improved player. You know, right now, he has a lot of potential to average. You know, I was thinking between him and Rui Hachimura, but Hachimura averaged 13, 13, and 11 his past three seasons per 36 last year. I think with 16 points compared to like 13 and 13 the years before. So, um, I, I think it's going to be hard for him to win the award just because he's already had consistent double-digit seasons. However, I think a guy personally like Denny Avdi would be better because he can improve his three-point percentage a lot. He can improve his scoring a lot. And I think he's honestly going to be one of the guys that runs the second unit. And I think he could average double-digit points per game. I think he will improve the most for the Wizards. However, I only give him a 3.4% chance of doing this in real life. Actually, I think that is a little high. I'll, put it, I'll bring it down to like 2.2 or whatever. Um, I don't know why I put 3.4. It's a little high. Um, 
Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't, though. You know, I think he does have potential to break out. But again, lack of time. I think it's just going to be harder for him to do so. Coach of the year, of course, is going to be Wes Unsell Jr. and Tommy Shepard for executive of the year. I have Wes Unsell Jr. having a 2.5% chance of winning coach of the year. You know, if the Wizards are one of the top seeds in the conference, you know, and you know, really showed to be a good team on both sides of the ball. We're going to get into that. Uh, I think there is a possibility. And then Tommy Shepard, I would say last year higher because he made all those moves like the Russell Westbrook trade, Spencer Jeopardy signing. But this year he didn't do as many moves in the offseason, um, like signing Todd Gibson, dining Anthony Gill, you know, uh, re-signing a lot of guys, but then didn't really make a big free agency or trade move to really give him executive of the year. But I'll give him like a 1% chance. Why not? Um. Points per game, I think, is going to be Beal. Kind of self-explanatory there. I think Bradley Beal overall, you know, what's new? You know, I mean, I, you know, he's he's obviously the team's best scorer. Last year went healthy. Uh, he didn't qualify because he only played um, 40 games, which you have to play 41 to qualify. You have to play at least half the games. Beal did not do so due to injury. And um, I think he is going to be the team's leading scorer as long as he does stay healthy. Rebounds per game. This was a tough one for me, but I got Kristaps Porzingis. And I do want to focus a little bit now on Kristaps Porzingis as we break down this team here. Um, I think I do think he's going to get a lot of rebounds. I think, you know, I don't think he'll start at center. I think that'll be Daniel Gafford, or maybe they will. No, actually, no, they will start him at center. Lobo Kuzma at the four, probably Will Barton at the three, Beal at the two, Morse at the one. So he probably will start at center. He'll get the most rebounding opportunities. He's not a great rebounder, though. Despite being 7-3, he averages like eight rebounds a game. But I do think he will take a step averaging double-digit rebounds this year. But I do think a lot of this team's success is going to be on him as well. Yes, Beal is going to have to be in Monte Morris. They're going to have to be very productive playmakers to put him in positions. But I do like the fact that in the preseason, I saw him taking a lot of shots from the outside. Even if he doesn't make those in the preseason, I like that he's going to try to do that. I think maybe Porzingis from the outside could set up a lot of opportunities on the pick and roll, allowing Daniel Gafford to have a lot of success, giving Denny Avdia, Rui Hachimura, three-point shooters like that, more opportunities, guys like Will Barton, more opportunities. And it's all about if Porzingis can shoot from the outside because that opens up the entire pick and roll opportunity. And um, so I really do like that. Um, but defensively, he does have to be better. Is he a number two? I don't know. I mean – he has to stay healthy, that's first of all. But, like, you know, as a number two, what did he do with Luca? Right? I mean, how much – when he was, you know, like the fifth seed with Luca, how much confidence can I have that he's going to have more success with Beal? Right? And I think a worse supporting cast. So, he's going to have to have a career year, I think, for the Wizards to be amazing. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility at all, especially if Beal makes him a lot better. But a lot of this team's success is going to be predicated on Kristaps Porzingis. Assist per game, I have Monte Morris. He's going to be kind of, you know, that that passing kind of guy. You know, I don't think he's going to, you know, have a really main scoring role on this team. I think he's just going to be, you know, that primary playmaker. You know, he is a good shooter, right? You know, 40% three-point shooter. But, you know, I think assists, he only averaged four assists last year, a career high. But I do think on this team he's going to have, yeah, I think he can average seven assists. I think he's going to have a career year in assists per game. Um, I think with steals per game, I like Denny. Uh, yeah, and this is a risk because Denny so far has not shown to be a, he's shown to be a good perimeter defender, but not a steals per game kind of guy. 0.7 steals last year, 0.6 in his rookie year per game. Um, I think Avdia can go up to probably 1.2, 1.3. Um, at least I think that that should be definitely his goal. Um, I think he could definitely get higher though. I could definitely see like a 1.6 steal year from Avdia. I think he has a lot of potential on the defensive side of the ball. 
Blocks per game, Daniel Gafford. Again, Porzingis. And the thing, I was considering him and Porzingis, right? And it's going to be hard with Daniel Gafford coming off of the bench. Last year, blocks per game-wise, he had 1.6 blocks per game. But I don't know. Do, am I going to switch it? Yeah, I'm switching it last second. Actually, I'm going to go with Porzingis. Honestly, because if Gafford was starting, I would say Gafford. But I think Porzingis is just going to get many more opportunities, and I think that is going to make a difference. Um, I think Porzingis is going to have a career this year. Let me say that. I do think he will. And, um, you know, I do think he will lead the, the team in blocks per game, probably with around 1.5 or so. But, yeah, I am going to switch that last minute. I'm going to write it in here on my sheet. Yep, quick stop for Zingas, I do think would make more sense for blocks per game, honestly, just because of the time. Field goal percentage, yeah, we are going to go back to Daniel Gafford uh, on this one. We're talking about him a lot here. But, you know, he's Daniel Gafford's very efficient shot, 69.3%. From three, I mean, from that definitely not from three, um, from the from the field last year, you know, I think he is, um, you know, going to shoot well from there. I think he is going to be a more primary scorer, so maybe that goes down the, you know, off the bench. So I think maybe that goes down to more like 64 percent this year. But I still do think that leads the team. They don't have a guy like Montrose Harrell aggressive anymore, kind of like him to compete with him. So I think that should be easier for Gafford. Three point percentage. I am going to have Corey Kispert if he does play enough games. We saw him, we saw him shoot 35% last year. Um, but then um, we saw him shoot 35% last year. Second half of the year, 38.5%. I think he is going to break out this year if he doesn't play enough games because of that ankle injury, though. That's tough. Then you got to get into a lot of competition. I don't think it's going to be Beal. I think it's going to be Porzingis or Kuzma, any of those guys. I think it would honestly come down to Will Barton or Monte Morris. And actually, I had it as Will Barton, but I'm going to change it to Monte Morris. He shot 39.5% from three last year. But that is if Kispert doesn't play enough games. If he does play enough games, I do think it will be Corey Kispert taking that spot. Free throw percentage, I am going to go with Bradley Beal, and this is a risk. I was definitely considering Corey Kispert after he shot 87% from the free throw line, but Beal, I feel like, is a very good three-point shooter. I mean, a free throw shooter, 83% last year, 89% the year before. I think he's going to get to the line a lot. I think he's going to be very aggressive, driving to the paint, trying to give Porzingis a lot of opportunities, and I think he is going to shoot the ball. I think his three-point percentage will get back up and even, you know, be better, I think, like 35%. 36% probably. I think his free throw percentage is going to go up. And I think he will lead the team in free throw percentage. And PER, I'm also going to go with Bradley Beal. I think Bradley Beal is going to have an all-star, not quite all-NBA, but all-star caliber season. Not caliber. He's going, he is going to be an all-star. That the spoil part of my predictions for tomorrow, NBA season predictions. Uh, but, yeah, I do think he will be an all-star. Not all-NBA, close. But um, not, not quite all-NBA, but he will be an all-star. Um. I think his PER will be high. I was considering Daniel Gafford. He always can – he continuously – he led the team in PER last year. He continuously, you know, has a good PER. Personally, I just think Beal is going to have a very good year, and I think eventually that, you know, will just hurt Gafford's possibility of winning PER and giving it – and give it to Bradley Beal. Overall, there are a few more players I do want to break down about this team. One of them is Kyle Kuzma. Right, he averaged about 17.5 points per game last season as, you know, kind of like a primary scorer. Definitely had a career year, let me say that. You know, Kyle Kuzma is a very underrated player, in my opinion. Right, Kyle Kuzma is definitely a good player. There is no question about it. Kyle Kuzma, you know, I feel like you know, Kuzma is an interesting kind of player because 
He averaged 17 last year. Actually, not a career, excuse me, not a career high average in nearly 19 in 2019. But, you know, his three-point percentage is pretty good. Technically not a career year. But I feel like he, you know, truly had a sustained role on this team, and I think that was important. Now, I do think with Beal and Porzingis having a lot of those offensive opportunities, it will be harder for Kuzma to put up 17 again. But I do think he is a 20-point-per-game caliber score. And if the Wizards do have a good offense, that could be something very valuable, right? And so I think Kyle Kuzma, you know, I do think will average, you know, anywhere between 15 and 20 points per game. I think he's a very underrated scorer, very underrated three-point shooter. Clutch Kuz last year, again, really good in the clutch. And, you know, I'm just really high on him personally. You know, I really like the fact that, you know, with him that, you know, he's, he also has an extension possibility. I think there could be motivation, but I like with him the fact that I feel like he had been going down, right? He's had double-digit points every single year of his career, but kind of after that 2019 campaign, he had kind of been slowing down. Uh, efficiency was looking good, but he, he just seemed to slow down overall. Wasn't getting as big of a role, and I feel like he went to Washington and his role, you know, kind of grew bigger and allowed him to put up better statistics. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of Kuzma. Um... Him or Hachimura, I could definitely see being dealt at the trade deadline. Um, yeah, those him and Hachimura, I think it depends who they want to sign to with the extension. They can't sign both. They're going to trade one of them. The Wizards always seem to make a really big trade deadline move, <clears throat> whether um past few years with Tommy Shepard, whether it was 2021 with the Daniel Gafford um, tr- um, trade, or whether it was um, 2022 with the Porzingis trade. So they always seem to make a really big deal at the trade deadline. I think Kuzma or Hachimura, whoever honestly is playing better or would cost cheaper, you know, but even if it's a little less, but would cost much cheaper, they would trade the guy that would be cheaper, if that makes sense. You know, they'll have to work out the contractual stuff, you know, with both of them extension eligible pretty soon. And so, um, yeah, personally, I think Kuzma could have a really good year, especially on an extension year. And the one, the one other thing I do want to break down with this team, defense. The Wizards have had such a good op- offense when they're able to. Right now, I don't like the fact that they don't have like a fast point guard to run the offense. Because when they did, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, they were one of the best offenses in the NBA. I think they were second in points per game, uh, or at least top five in points per game. They were one of the most electrifying offenses in all basketball, and they played really well. Like, they played really well, that offense. And even though they don't have that point guard, I still do think Beal, a guy like Porzingis, because if you think about it, Beal has never really had a true big to work with. He's had Marcin Gortat, Daniel Gafford, Thomas Bryant. He's never had a true big to work with where he can get his assists up, really help him on the pick and roll. So I do think um, that the offense could do really well. But the defense has not been good. Um, In 2021, their offense was top five. Their defense was one of the worst, if not the worst, in the NBA, especially when it comes to points per game, field goal percentage allowed, all of that. So the Wizards have not had great perimeter defense. Now, let's hope Porzingis takes a step in his defense. Let's hope Gafford continues to develop on defense. Same with Avdia. Let's hope Achi Moore takes a jump on defense. Maybe Johnny Davis is a rookie as well. But, you know, it's it's going to be hard, I think, for the Wizards to play really good defense because they haven't really proven it. But, Again, if Gaffer could break out and be a dark horse defensive player of the year candidate and Avdia plays good perimeter defense, of course it is a possibility. But I don't think the Wizards are going to have an amazing defense this year. I think it will be better than the last two seasons, but I don't think it is going to be anything game-changing um, at all. 
Um, I think their offense is going to do pretty well. But eventually, you know, the Wizards, the Wizards started off well last year. They did. And I think that could be something that they can replicate this year. Now, despite having a tough schedule, 11 out of their first 17 are at home. They started off 10-3 and last year. I think through 17 games, they were 11-6. and You know, maybe they could have around that record with 11 at home, 6 away in the first 17 games. So, it could be something like that. But overall, I think the Wizards, anywhere, honestly, I think around 500. Um, I think their highest they could be is like 47 wins. Right, which would be a very good season, like forty-seven, thirty-five type. Um, but then I think I actually think what they're gonna get, like forty-two and ten, forty forty-three and thirty-nine, which I think is gonna be around the ninth seed, the tenth seed in the Eastern Conference. Um, I think they'll be around what they get. The Eastern Conference is just so competitive, and I don't think Beal will play like a game changing MVP player, despite being really well. He would need to play like a game changing MVP player, and Porzingis would have to be an all star, all NBA kind of guy for the Wizards to be really high in the rankings. And I just don't see that out of that. I could see them being a really exciting team to watch this year, and that's exactly what I expect. But I do think it is going to be hard for them to compete in a very competitive Eastern Conference, especially with the roster that they have. Hope you guys did enjoy this episode. Did subscribe, follow, share, view. We broke down the entire team, the statistical predictions, all that. I'm so excited for the season coming up on Wednesday, October 19th in Indiana against the Pacers. 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Hope you guys did enjoy this episode. Did subscribe, follow, share, view. On that preview, I'm also going to break down the top 15, 16 players who ever made the final roster. And that was just announced. We're going to have some coverage on there as well. And I do want to let you guys know, I am not going to be previewing or recapping every single game this year. I'm going to be doing a lot of them. I'm going to be recapping the important games, previewing the important games. But, you know, just with school getting busier and everything, I'm not I'm not going to be able to preview every single game, and I'm not going to make that promise. Last year I did 81 out of 82. I don't know how I did it. Um, the, unfortunately, the 82nd one I just wasn't able to do. Um, unfortunately, I had some family stuff going on. Um, you know, unfortunately, my grandpa's passed away around that time. But um, I got you guys 81 and 82 last year. Not going to be anywhere near like that. You know, probably 70-something games. I'm not going to be able to preview all of them, but I am going to preview a lot of them. And I think there's going to be a very fun year to cover the Wizards. Here are Wiz Talk with Chase. Hope you guys did enjoy this episode. If you did, subscribe, follow, share, view. And, of course, as always, I'll see you next time. Peace.